0: Grace, mercy and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we read in our long reading from uh, Genesis that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. That is to say, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the triune God. One God, three distinct persons, is the one who creates everything. Someone once said to me that if you were looking for a, uh, 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 in the newspaper for a job listing for God, that it would read something like this. Wanted. God. Qualifications. Creator of all things. Parenthetical note. If you are not the creator of all things, you need not apply. See, the work of creation is ascribed to God the Father, although we read in Genesis that, that, that the Holy Spirit is also there, and where the Father and the Spirit is, so also is the Son. Yet God the Father is attributed to the work of creation, meaning... All things, light, substance, matter, birds of the air, fish of the sea, creatures of the ground. And the thing is, he speaks, and it is so. He creates by means of his word. His speech is performative. It creates and it defines reality. Or in other words, God speaks and things happen. And when God speaks and creates, it's good. That tells us something of the nature of the creator of the heavens and the earth. What he creates is intrinsically good. It's good because it comes from his nature. Now, he creates mankind to bear his image male and female he created them to live in unity and in relationship with one another male and female he created them so that through them god would continue to bring life upon earth children would be born to bear the image of god male and female he created them so that together they would care for the whole of his creation as the chief stewards In these ways, mankind was created to reflect the nature and the image of God to the rest of creation. So that when fellow creatures wanted to know the face, the image, the nature of God, all they had to do was look at humanity from the beginning. Well, this was good. This was, in fact, very good. So good and complete that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Rested from their work of creation. Boy, but I tell you, we look around today and we see that things in this creation are not good. Oftentimes they're very bad. We look to mankind and what do we see there? Well, we find it lacking. But the only thing that mankind has been good at in creating Is a mess. How do we come to this point? How do we get here? Well, mankind exchanged the creative voice of the Creator to listen to the deceptive voice of one of the creatures. Mankind chose to be like God rather than to live in the image of God as intended. Instead of trusting in God's good and gracious care for all creation, mankind chose to dethrone God and to be the judge over what was good and what was evil. That was not in mankind's job description. When mankind chose to usurp the position of God, chaos ensued. Instead of unity between all living things on earth, the mess that man created was one of enmity. Instead of unity between male and female, husband and wife, mankind created power plays, abuse, neglect, dereliction of duty, deviancy of all kinds from God's intent. Instead of the sweetness of life born from the womb as God intended, death from sin of humanity would rise its stench from the tomb. In attempts to live like God, mankind has become creators of discord, division, destruction, and death. See, this isn't some myth relegated to the past. This is our present reality. Mankind is at odds with its creator. And as a result, mankind is at odds with other creatures. Mankind has made a mess out of marriage. Discord, division, destruction, and death, they're all around us. No matter how much the post-enlightened man thinks that they can solve these problems apart from God's intervention, the failing of our self-salvation is evident. I'll give you a couple of examples. You remember DDT? Mankind thought that they could end the problem of bugs eating our food source Or mosquitoes carrying diseases. If only the if we only we trusted in the products of our own creation and saturate those creepy crawlies with chemicals. And the result, well, the birds ate the bugs, and it poisoned the birds, so that their eggs wouldn't support the weight of the mothers brooding over them, and they died. We were close to a silent spring where no new life would hatch from the eggs, and in place of the sounds of birds singing silence just one example another is thalidomide a drug created by mankind to help reduce nausea and sickness in pregnancy and what it ended up doing was creating birth defects in the children that the mothers were carrying in their wombs certainly mankind is better now about testing medications thankfully and many exist for the help and the care of those that they're administered to but, but isn't it curious to see and read those long lists of side effects that are disclosed when medicines are being advertised, and what about marriage? When mankind decided to create and define marriage on our own terms, well, the mess that we have been we have created has been manifold and multi leveled. Cohabitation, no fault divorce so that a couple can end their marriage if one happens to fall out of love with another, has set up for us a culture of practical polygamy. Men and women objectify one another and see others only as a means for self-gratification. I could go on. And then, of course, there's the problem of death. Has there been anyone around that has come up with a solution to the problem of death? And if you may be convinced that death isn't a problem to be solved, but rather part of the natural order of things, then I invite you to listen to anyone anyone of the grieving parents whose children have been murdered or a wife whose grief over the death of her husband is persistent. Reflect carefully on your own mortality and see if you will come to the same conclusion that death is not a problem. For I tell you the truth, even the bravest of souls are terrified when death is knocking at your door. No, mankind has created the mess that we live in, the truth is that we all continue to contribute to it. Such has been our nature since we usurped God from his throne. And the truth of the matter is we cannot clean up our own mess, solve our problems, let alone save ourselves. This much is true. But here's the good news. The Father, who has brought this creation into existence, in love, sends the Son to save it. Sin and death came through the first Adam, but life and salvation come through Christ Jesus, the second Adam. The uncreated, eternal God takes up the flesh of his own creation to rescue it and to redeem it from sin and from death. For Jesus is the very image of God where Adam and Eve were created and intended to reflect God's rule and reign, his mercy and grace, his dominion over creation as the original image-bearers of God, and have lost it in the fall. Now, thankfully, in the person and the work of Jesus, the true image of God is revealed again, and for the purpose of restoring fallen humanity so that we would be again image-bearers of God this for us in the most humiliating way possible. He suffers and he dies in the mess that we created. He suffers and he dies for the mess that we have created. God in Christ Jesus suffers in the flesh of humanity. Now he does this for the totality of his creation. The land, the sea, the sky, and all the creatures therein who have been living under the curse of sin, but he does this for us. And he does this for you. Men and women, boys and girls, who have traded being God's image bearers for the lie of being little gods of our own making, creators of our own mess. Jesus died for you to restore his image in you. The Father sends the Son to rescue and to redeem you and all of creation from sin and death. This He does definitively on the cross at Calvary. He dies your death. He breaks the curse of sin. He crushes the head of the deceiver. And He rises again to life so that you might once again be recreated, recreated in His image. As Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he promised the sending of the Holy Spirit. The fulfillment of that promise is the reason that we celebrate Pentecost. But why is that such a big deal? Well, the Father sends the Son to rescue and redeem fallen creation, including fallen humanity, and the Father and the Son together send the Holy Spirit to create, recreate the fallen creation. Well, how? By bringing us back to the Son. As Peter preaches that first Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is at work bringing men and women to confess their part in the mess and to look to Jesus, the crucified one, as the one who saves us from sin and death. God's word is performative, it creates that which it intends light, land, creatures, and now in Christ, new creations. The word of the Lord goes forth and recreates sinful and fallen creatures, but not only by the word, but the word and the water. As the 3,000 hear Christ crucified for the forgiveness of their sins, they are baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is at work in the preaching of the water and the word of holy baptism and recreates sinful and fallen people. It was true then, It's still true today. Through the waters of holy baptism, the mess of your sin is washed away. The triune God uses the water along with the word to drown your sinful nature and to raise you up as a new creation, a new person, as one who is redeemed by Christ the Crucified. And so from that point on, all the baptized lived their lives as restored image bearers of God. From the first Pentecost until now, Jesus has kept his promise to be with his church as they baptize and as they teach. He is with his church at work in and through his image bearers. That means through you and through me to proclaim Christ crucified. Now, pastors, we do, this, we do this publicly from the pulpit, like Peter and the apostles. But you, you do the privately in your families, among your co-workers, your friends, and others. Particularly and probably most significantly in this day and age, if you're married, you do it in your marriages. When husbands and wife love, cherish, and honor one another, not that you have perfect marriages, as if those exist among us, that there are marriages sanctified by God, a place where forgiveness is readily and graciously practiced, a place where you love and serve one another, honor one another, and living faithfully to one another as husband and wife. And if you're not yet married, that you honor it as God instituted it by by the triune God, living chaste and pure lives in light of his design and his intent. In these and other ways, God is at work in and through us so that when other people look at us, they see our lives, they hear our words, they see our deeds, they then see the nature of God the Father. They see the Father's love for them in the way that we serve others in love. They hear the Father's love for them as we share the good news of Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings them to faith or or even strengthens their faith in Christ as we speak and as we act in love. For our neighbors. That's why we do things like VBS or Spirit Camp, so that together we might live out the Father's love for us in the service and the sharing of uh, the good news of Jesus. You know, this week our campers are going to hear, maybe some of them for the first time, how God is at work through His Word and water to recreate our fallen humanity and the totality of His creation. We'll follow Luther's prayer in the baptismal liturgy where he traces the accounts of God washing away sin and recreating through water and the Word. The flood whereby God washes clean the sin of the world and yet saves Noah and his family. And how they step out of the ark into a recreated world. The exodus whereby God leads his people through the Red Sea as on dry ground. And how he washes away hard-hearted Pharaoh and all of his army. We hear about Jesus' baptism whereby the sinless Son of God bathes in our dirty bath water to bear the sin of the world that He might put it to death with Him on the cross of Calvary. And then our baptism, whereby the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit unites us to the death and the resurrection of our Lord, where He makes us His people, calls us as His bride, and restores to us the high honor of being image bearers of God, renewed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you've been baptized into Christ. You remain baptized into Christ. And therefore, you are a new creation. You are no longer in the mess of your sin. You are now washed. You are waiting now for the return of Christ Jesus when his work in your baptism will be complete. Until then, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, live as image-bearers of the triune God. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.